0: Baltimoreans is a member of the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Find, find more podcasts like this at baltimoresportsreport.com.
1: You're listening to Baltimoreans, the home of the all-weather fan. My name is Sam dingman This is Alan Smith. Let's get stupid. Baltimoreans. Hello Baltimoreans. How are y'all doing? Tense, I'd imagine, if you're like us. Ladies and gentlemen, uh this is big episode 75. Of the program,
2: and I'll let Alan tell you a little bit more about that, but uh, I just wanted to say very quickly, you know, your 25th anniversary is your silver anniversary. Right. Your 50th anniversary is your gold anniversary. Sure. 100 is platinum, and we're without a really nice um, image for 75, so I came hmm. up with one. Okay, great. I've decided that uh, your 75th show anniversary should be your we-didn't-sign-Brian-McCanniversary. anniversary. <laughs> That's, uh, that's what I've decided to go with. Huzzah! You can let me know what you think of that.
1: Congratulations on making it to your We Didn't Sign Brian
2: McCanniversary. <laughs> it's a big show, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, fitting the We Didn't Sign Brian McCanniversary. First off, I want to say, uh, you know, we have carped a lot recently about iTunes reviews, and uh, it seems like some of you took our pathos to heart. We, our, <laughs> our iTunes review number is ticked up, so ticked up. So I do want to say very sincerely, thank you very much to all of you who took the time to do that. And to those of you who didn't, boy, you feel awkward right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. If that thank you wasn't to you, I mean, it's really... I'm not sure how you can even continue to listen to this show. It's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> also, uh, we, did have a very, listening.
2: <laughs> we did have a very nice plug from the, the good fellows over at Section 336. I I appreciate that. Thank you, gentlemen, for reminding people to come review our show. I also took the time as... You should, once you're done reviewing our show, to go review Section 336 and all of the shows (laughs) in the Baltimore Sports (laughs) Report Network, of which Which we're a
1: proud member. Nice. Nicely done. Now, you know, Sam, Hmm. um, you suggested uh, that there are a lot of interesting things happening in this show today.
2: I I did make it seem like that's the case. We have a full slate. (laughs) Why don't you tell us what's coming up? Well, coming up, ladies and gentlemen, on the show this evening, we're going to play an exciting new game called, Who Said It? Dan Duquette or Donald Rumsfeld? <laughs> we're going to play that game with Jake English of the Bird's Eye View podcast. Another of the Sister Wife podcast in the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Indeed. Now, now, um, you may have noticed uh, in some of our previous intros when we have made our, uh, not obligatory, but uh, customary remarks <laughs> about being a member of the Baltimore Sports Report Network, we have remarked. That the good fellows at Oriole Spastics have gone dark yeah. of late, at least in terms of podcast <laughs> production. Well, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special investigative report yep. on the whereabouts of former Baltimore Sports Report Network stalwarts, <laughs> the Oriole Spastics. We're going to uh, bring you that a little bit later on.
1: It's it's, it's not for the faint of heart. No. So um, children and, and old people may want to turn off their podcasts at that point of the show.
2: Betting down your emotional hatches (laughs) and then finally you may recall dan duquette turning to poetry to express some raul ibanez fueled frustrations a few months back
3: he holds him with his glittering dome and danny d stood still and listens like a three years child for ibanez hath his will Danny D silenced his phone, he cannot choose but hear, and thus spake on that ancient man, the dead-eyed mariner.
2: That was an excerpt from Dan's adaptation of Rime of the Ancient Mariner. (laughs) This week, he's actually written a song about his struggles to acquire new talent this winter, which we will, of
1: course, play to you. But before we get to all that... Which is going to be quite a lot to get to. Sam, you suggested last week that an Orioles-themed podcast, when addressing the number 74, would often choose to be more Orioles-centric than our particular take on the number. That is a thing that I did. Based in part on the fact that 1974 was a very good year for the team. That it was. Well, it turns out that 75 is also a very trenchant (laughs) Orioles-centric number. Really? Um, It was actually the number of different mascots considered and then discarded in 1954 before the Oriole was finally selected.
2: (laughs) I don't believe that for a minute.
1: Oh, it's absolutely true. Um, Rejected mascots and team names include the Crabs, the Railmen, the Roosters, the Billies, the B&Os, the Pig Towns, the Pigs in the Blankets, the Longshoremen, the Shortshoremen, the Natural Bohemians, the Hey Look, a Boat! The Mammoths, the Pterodon, the Penises, Big Head Todd and the Monsters, William, the Fish Eggs, Erebus, Lord of all that is dark (laughs) and terrible, the Immigrants, and to keep up with the Redskins team a few miles south, and in a tribute to Edgar Allan Poe before the Ravens, um, the Casks of Amantadalios. (laughs) Ziz. (laughs) I didn't
2: want that to ever stop. (laughs)
1: I think in the end that the Ravens is probably a better team, a name for a team but um, than that last one, but, you know, that's open to interpretation. When, finally, the Maryland State Bird, the Oriole, was selected, um, the co- collection of cardinals that were gathered at the John Hopkins Homewood House did throw three live Orioles onto the fire to make the smoke come out orange and thus alert the crowd outside that a new moniker had been chosen. Another interesting fact for you is that the name, the Orioles, has actually been in use as a baseball franchise in Baltimore since 1901. um, For two years as the Major League Baseball team that then moved to the New York Yankees uh, and started a long and painful tradition that would continue through Mike Messina and hopefully not Matt Wieters. (laughs) I guess probably not now that we've not signed Brian McCann. Diversary. Um And then from uh, 1903 to 1953 as a A team, also the Orioles, which then got upgraded to the Baltimore Orioles that we love and thankfully are the Baltimore Orioles today. And which often seems like a barely upgraded minor <laughs> league team. <laughs> Boom! Boom! Uh, and actually on this day, uh, the, uh, December 11th in 1945, Germany and Italy rallied to the cause of the Japanese and declared a war on the U.S. of A., um many ball players including Ted Williams, Joe DiMaggio and Jackie Robinson took some time off from playing America's game to go fight America's enemies which led at least in part to the obsession of one of the obsessions of this program the continued correlation does not equal causation situation in which all sports are compared to warfare <laughs> <laughs> including recently uh, I was watching a curling match <laughs> of course you were. Alan. Which, of course you were. In which uh um many war metaphors were used.
2: Yes. I did want to say uh that you you suggested with 100% historical accuracy. Sure. I'm sure. Sure. that uh the Orioles one of the names under consideration for the Orioles was the Railman, And uh <laughs> and uh I also don't know. Yes. Um, I'm glad there was an ampersand in the middle of the B and the O. Sure. For what it's worth. <laughs> um, did you know that there is a minor league team called the Gary Indiana Rail Cats? I did not know that. Had the Railcats and the Railmen played each other. Oh my goodness. It would have been a, a rail off, of course. <laughs> sure. Of epic, sure. epic proportions, foreshadowing perhaps the later years when the franchise would in fact go off the rails. <laughs>
1: Okay, Uh, here we are, 15 minutes into the program, as per usual, Mm. Um, but we do want to talk a little bit about baseball this week. There's a bit of news. Uh, Quite a bit, as we sit in the, in in some ways, the most exciting time um, for many teams in the offseason.
2: I would say the most exciting time for other
1: teams in the (laughs) offseason. Well, sure. Not our team. (laughs) Not our team per se. So. Uh, a quick rundown, yes, if you will, mm. of what's happening at Winter Meetings. Okay. Um. So, at this, by the time that this this episode actually airs tomorrow, this may be a a a, a moot point. But I want to get your reaction on something. Okay. Um, signing Nelson Cruz and giving up the number seventeen pick on next year's draft, which seems to be at this point maybe on the table, maybe off the table. Um, Nelson Cruz is off the juice. And this past year, his batting average was actually worse than Vlad Guerrero's the year before we signed him. Mm. Um, Four years and $60 million appears to be his asking price. What do you think?
2: Can you show me any proof that he's off the juice? No, of course you can't. (laughs) I don't want that bastard on my team. Uh, Nelson Cruz has had one standout major league season. Yeah. Uh, The track record of Major League Baseball players whose good seasons start at age 28 is very poor. Uh, (laughs) See also Jason Wirth. Yeah. Um, I'm not interested. He doesn't have speed anymore. He is a horrible defensive right fielder, and his on-base percentage uh, is around 32%. Guess what? We have 39 (laughs) other guys on our roster who are capable of doing that.
1: Yeah. Stay out of my city. I was actually thinking that the fact that he was off the juice was a bad thing <laughs> because <laughs> I was oh, seeing oh, Melky see. Cabrera uh, flashbacks in my head and um, other such uh, people who never regained any kind of form at all but still commanded fairly large contracts.
2: Don't want him not interested. I don't understand why you would give Nelson Cruz four years, $60 million, and lose a draft pick before you would do that for Kendris Morales. Does not make sense. Does
1: not compute <laughs> and or sign nate mcclough yeah well we're, we're not going to talk about that
2: there, there right. will be no mention of nate mcclough on the show tonight because i am wearing all black right now i'm in mourning and i will spill over into full-on keening if we talk about nate mcclough
1: it's really it's really hard to bear
2: it is so stupid <laughs> let's talk about uh, perhaps a brighter spot okay jj hardy contract extension Mm. apparently it is a goal and apparently there's some mutual interest what do you think
1: uh that depends on whether or not we sign anybody to bat higher than him in the lineup
2: (laughs) well right now we're looking at a 2012 scenario where he hits leadoff and possibly plays left field (laughs)
1: look i'm a a huge jj hardy fan i should say while also playing shortstop Look, the man can cover a lot of ground. We we know this about him.
2: Actually, the way it stands right now, he's going to have to cover the entire <laughs> left side of the field cuz we don't have a third baseman either.
1: Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> um I am pro re-signing JJ Hardy. Um I have enjoyed dangling him in my own um mental trade rumors for a long period of time, but it doesn't seem like we're actually interested in that. Yeah. Um you know, keep the guy under team control. He's one of the best uh fielding shortstops ever. And at least to play for the Orioles. Um, and um, he has enough pop that if you put him in at six or seven, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. What I am worried about is if he's the guy who's batting behind Chris Davis. That's not okay. That's not cool. Nah.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with you. I actually think a J.J. Hardy contract extension in a vacuum makes a tremendous amount of sense. Right now, he is signed for $7.5 million a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and is giving us, as you say, elite defense. Very solid offense with a little bit of power. Yep. Uh, as long as we're not asking him to hit higher in the order than a
1: hitter of his type would profile to hit, he can be a sixth, seventh, or eighth hitter on a team that goes to and wins the World Series.
2: Yeah, and and I'm going to say I'm going to guess that if there's mutual interest in signing a contract extension, he has probably indicated that he's not going to ask for too big of a raise. Right. Um, which means that you'd be getting his age. His, let's say it's a three-year contract extension. That's his ages 32 through 34 mm-hmm. seasons at around, say, $8 million a year. Uh, for a shortstop with elite-level defense who could probably be moved to third base when Manny's r- ready to move to shortstop, I think it makes a tremendous amount of sense. Um, it would be a lone bright spot <laughs> <laughs>
1: in an otherwise gloomy offseason. It also, just, just to continue to allow me to uh, cogitate on him as a trade chip, Getting him under team control for three more years does mean that he becomes more valuable if you want to shift him.
2: That is an excellent point. That is an excellent point. All right, what else? What else is going on?
1: Well, um, $240 million for 10 years is going on. Mm. What do you think?
2: Well, uh, I, I don't want to say too much about it because I, I have a, I, I happen to know that Dan Duquette is going to express some feelings about it. <laughs> Later in the episode, in his musical selection. Okay. Um. So you've seen you've seen the clip notes already. <laughs> well, you know we talk. Yeah. Sure, what do you sure. want me to say? We, we 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 Snapchat with each other. Okay. Okay. Um, I. You know I'm not. Some of the pictures I'm not going to post <laughs> at demorons.com <laughs> where you can go to find all of our episodes <laughs> as well as uh, ways to get in contact with us. We're and, not going to get into it.
1: And a uh, uh, sure to be chart busting single um, <laughs> posted just as is. <laughs>
2: But uh, R.E., the question of the 10-year, $240 million contract to Robinson Cano, to which you were referring, the only good thing about it is that it makes the Yankees look like idiots. (laughs) That's the only good thing about it. It's bad for baseball. It's bad for America. (laughs) It's bad for the Mariners. I don't even like the
1: Mariners. Yeah.
2: But uh, Logan Morrison, that's a good trade. Yep. Like that um, trade. Like that trade. Uh Corey Hart. I was actually very sad that yep. we did not take a flyer on Corey Hart. To me, that was that was a Dan Duquette move waiting to happen.
1: Yep. I was agree with you.
2: One year incentive laden deal to Corey Hart. I agree with you. That that would have been a very smart signing. Maybe we tried to make it and just couldn't pull it off. I find that a little hard to believe. Um <laughs> Although everybody wants to play for the Mariners now. Apparently. Because they, uh, it looks like they have money to throw around.
1: Uh, and and they, they are in on discussions about uh, David Price. They're in on discussions about... They just seem to be... Con- they're, they're not done yet.
2: Right. Now, but this is the thing. Uh, we have seen the Mariners time and time again throw money at the wall and see if it sticks. And every single time, Cliff Lee, Sean Figgins... What has happened is that the money has slapped up against the wall... And then slowly smeared down the wall, leaving behind an oozy trail of of, of Pacific Northwest fog. Um,
1: yeah, that's what it did. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> so you're you're thinking that this has a better chance to be the 2013 Blue Jays or the 2012 Marlins? Yeah. Than or the 2000 a team
2: or the 2012 and 13 Angels, right? I mean, w- name another time, to- or, or really, if if you really want to go after it, the the 2012 through 2018 New York Yankees, mm-hmm. just to make a bold prediction. Ah, the Sabathia contract is terrible for baseball and for America. The Mark Teixeira contract is terrible for baseball and for America. <laughs> the only team right now that is getting any value out of one of those contracts, and this is a very bold statement to make, but whatever. <laughs> what do I want? The Cardinals with Matt Holliday. Mm. And, and it, it remains to be seen what's going to happen. How with, much they paying him? I believe he signed for seven years $120 million. So he's in that same sort of $20 million space. Yeah, yeah. But you can't quibble with Matt Holliday's output. He's incredibly consistent. He gets hurt periodically. But he's the only one, the only one of those contracts that has come close to being worth the investment.
1: What I think has been really interesting about those contracts is that um, a lot of people talk about like, okay, you know you're going to eat the last two or three years of the deal. But some of them have gone spectacularly south in the first, you know, Pujols, is what, as we've said, on his third year of a 10-year deal, yeah. A-Rod is, has been, you know, diagnosably bad just beyond his distractions and ridiculousness for the last two years of playing yeah. baseball. Yeah. Um, bad signings.
2: That, terrible signings. I don't know when teams are... I, I mean, I'm not happy with the Orioles' progress this offseason. I'm actually very depressed about it. But I certainly don't want them to start doing what other teams are apparently willing to do and say, yes, we'll take... Three potential years of very good output for a guaranteed four-year years of m- absolute misery
1: and uh, serious salary cap <laughs> damage.
2: Yeah, and and I want to be very clear when I, when I'm saying this, I'm talking about the, the seven to ten-year contract in the twenty million-dollar-year average annual value to free agents type of contracts, the, the extremely long like career contract extensions that have been given to the Joe Mowers and Buster Posey's and Troy Tulowitzki's and uh, Joey Vados of the world, those, if, if any baseball player is worth that kind of contract, it is those guys. When you're saying, you're going to be our franchise guy. Right. You're sti- you haven't even hit your prime yet. We're paying you for your prime yet to come. Right. That makes a lot more sense to me. Yeah. These contracts, it, clearly nobody's ever going to learn.
1: <laughs> apparently not I think that uh, the Mariners looked at uh, the Ichiro signing and just saw red they're just <laughs> mad that, that, that the Yankees took him and did so many terrible things to him
3: and
2: yet and yet Ichiro left Seattle because the team became terrible because of moves like the Cliff Lee and Sean Figgins signings that's true okay one more thing no a couple more things a couple more things uh, Roy Halladay Hall of Famer Yes. Question mark. Yes. Okay.
1: I agree with you. <laughs> no hitter in the playoffs. Um, I think that he that he may be a borderline Hall of Fame candidate, um, but I think that because he has certain highs like that, and that he was able to raise his game in times that it mattered in a, in a sport where that's hard to do. Um, yeah. Where an individual's performance is like not usually the kind of thing that you can point to as winning a game like that um, makes him, puts him above like that extra step up. Right.
2: Well, to me, uh, Halliday is a, is a very interesting case because um, it, it becomes a question of what is the Hall of Fame for? And there uh, is the Hall of Fame a place where players who achieved only a certain level of statistical output are guaranteed to be enshrined, your 3,000-hit havers, your 500-home-run havers, your 3,000-strikeout havers, etc., etc. Um, increasingly, with pitching, that's not going to be able to be the case. I don't know if anybody's ever going to win 300 games again uh, after Randy Johnson. It, it's not looking likely, likely. Sabathia seemed like he was maybe on a trajectory to do that, and now that's unclear. Halliday seemed like he was maybe on a trajectory to do that. Now that's unclear. But the question is... Was there anybody during Halliday's peak who was in the same
1: uh, universe as him? So he wore the he he wore the best pitcher in baseball belt for multiple seasons.
2: So there is this statistic that uh, a gentleman named Jay Jaffe at Baseball Prospectus has come up with called Jaws, um, which stands for I think uh, Jaffe's uh, War something. Uh, he but named it after himself? He, that he did. Classy. <laughs> uh, but basically what it does is it measures a player's war value during their seven-year peak, the, the best seven seasons of their career. By that standard, Halliday is a shoe-in. Uh, your average uh, Hall of Fame pitcher has a Jaws rating of 50.2 wins. Mm. So during their seven-year peak, they were worth 50.2 wins. Halliday was worth 50.6. If, however you look at the average uh, wins against replacement of all Hall of Fame pitchers, Halliday comes up a little bit short. The average of all Hall of Fame pitchers is 61.4. He comes in at 57.6. The case that is being cited in a lot of the writing about this right now is what we'll call, for lack of a better term, the Koufax Corollary, which in essence says, what if there was a guy who was so dominant over a brief peak that he was in a class by himself, shouldn't that guy then be in the Hall of Fame? And I'm not saying Roy Halliday was as good as Sandy Koufax. That's not a correct thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think beyond a shadow of a doubt for pitchers of his generation, there has not been anybody who was as good for that sustained peak as Roy Halliday was. And in a way, that's sad, because uh, this spring we're probably going to see um, Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin, elected into the Hall of Fame, rightfully. Mm-hmm. Those are guys who had sustained periods of excellence. Of in Maddox's case, I think it was thirteen or fourteen <laughs> 13 years. years. Yeah. Um. That's never going to happen again. At the same time, Mike Mussina, who is near and dear to our hearts, indeed, has more career wins, more career innings pitched. Um, but I think anybody would would admit to you that he, he, Mike Mussina does not have. The same Hall of Fame case that Roy Halladay does. Um, So, as we move into this new generation of pitching, it's the Roy Halladays of the world who were maybe brilliant for a shorter period that are going to be the guys that we have to recognize.
1: Higher highs.
2: Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Well, let's let's jump on the line with Jake English. What do you say? And play a quick round of Who Said It? Dan Duquette or Donald Rumsfeld? Let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the. Is this the second game show that we've done, Alan? Second or third? Second or third? Um, well, it's I don't a- really pay attention to this show. Sam. So. <laughs> it is a game show. We're we're having a game show segment now with our esteemed colleague Jake English from the Bird's Eye View podcast. Jake, how dost you this evening?
4: I am uh, I'm fantastic. First of all, I'm I'm honored to have been invited in the second or third game show that you've done.
2: Uh, that makes me feel like very
1: or very, very impressive. (laughs) You're like, I'm
2: honored to be the second choice. Little less honored if I'm the third choice. (laughs) Hard to Uh, say. But somewhere on the honored section.
4: Where you must have gotten on your list before you crossed off to me.
2: (laughs) Oh, it it was very simple. Uh, Peter Sagel. that was number one and uh vanna white number two jake english number three there it is
4: i I assumed it was you know hobo joe and then (laughs) jake english
1: (laughs) that's true it was uh hobo joe in a peter segal costume so jake before we get to uh tonight's exciting um high stakes game high stakes challenge uh how where are you emotionally one day into winter meetings
4: There aren't enough drinks to make it better.
1: (laughs) You know, you know, this sounds like a tested
2: hypothesis. (laughs) That, ladies and gentlemen, that is the kind of succinct, cutting brilliance (laughs) that I have come to expect from the Bird's Eye View podcast.
4: (laughs) That shows that there are enough drinks when you listen. (laughs) The the thing is about the the winter meetings is I went in uh, very pessimistic. And it has not disappointed me in that pessimism.
2: Ah, there you go. It's a question of level setting ahead of time.
4: Yeah, I thought I had done a good enough job of making it so that I wouldn't be angry by the time nothing happened at the end of the meetings. Uh, But it turns out I failed.
2: It turns out nothing can prepare you for this level of inactivity. (laughs) (laughs) There's just no
1: emotional hedge that is
4: acceptable. Well, I'm actually not sure if I'm more upset with the team or with the media jerking us around.
1: Right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, and we you know, we came out of the gates so hot. It was like, we're trading JJ J. Hardy for Shelby Miller. Buckle up. Uh and and then since then it's been like, mm, actually we're going to go 180 degrees in the other direction uh and and actually maybe just sit out the 2014 season.
4: Well, it's actually worse than that. The The announcement that they came out right out of the gates with was, we failed to trade J.J. J. Hardy for Shelby <laughs> That's, That's a fair point. An
2: important qualification. <laughs> and
4: then it just got worse from there. <laughs> it's like they made an announcement to the world, hey, we're bad at this, just you watch and see.
2: <laughs> hey, uh, hey, is this John Mazeliak? That's the general manager of the Cardinals, right? <laughs> Nobody who listens to uh an Oriole show is going to know the difference. Hey uh John Mazeliak, <laughs> uh heard you got a guy named Shelby Miller, pretty good pitcher, right? Uh uh yeah, who is this again? Oh, this is uh this is Dan Duquette. Uh would you like JJ Hardy? Uh Dan, that's an idiotic offer. Okay, well, I tried. <laughs> that's how I imagine that that call went.
4: Uh, at this point, I think that Dan Duquette is not welcome in Korea and St. Louis. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Korea Israel, <laughs> Boston, <laughs> and soon Baltimore.
4: Actually, you know, I, a I had a theory tears. that I went through on this week's show, uh, Birds Eye View, where I, I described Dan Duquette's uh, strategy as being trickle-down free agency. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Where, where basically they just keep waiting, keep waiting, keep waiting until all of the talent has gone, and then the scraps that nobody else wants is available. And then they sign one step lower than that. Yes. Well, I don't
1: know if you if you heard this, but the, um, we, we have it direct from um, the Holy Father that trickle-down economics doesn't work. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Dan has not been following the news recently.
4: Well, it, it, it's possible that I was wrong. I, I think that even more possible, their entire strategy is just to hang out in the lobby and then search the couches for change after other GMs have left.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, that's depressing enough. Um, So let's get directly into our exciting new game, uh, which we're calling Who Said It? Dan Duquette or Donald Rumsfeld? Of course, uh, Donald Rumsfeld, Secretary of Defense uh, under George W. Bush from 2001 to 2006 and one of the masterminds of the U.S. engagement in Iraq. Um, Dan Duquette, who has been— Masterminds? Of the (laughs) engagement. I feel comfortable with that. (laughs) Uh, Dan Duquette, who is the executive vice president of baseball operations for the Baltimore Orioles um, from 2012 until this very minute, uh, who also can turn a phrase. So we're going. And yet to... you
4: didn't use the word mastermind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, whatever else you want to say about Donald Rumsfeld, he masterminded getting us into that war. <laughs> much the way,
2: much the way, if you if Mike Shanahan is sounding crazier than Dan Snyder, you know we have a problem. If Dan Duquette can't outmastermind Donald <laughs> Rumsfeld. You know we have a problem.
4: I'm just saying, if you look at the offseason, it's clear that he has an exit strategy for this season. <laughs> oh,
1: no. Uh-oh, I think Jake's going to be good at this. <laughs> okay, on to your first
2: quote. Is this. Oh, wait, we should say, uh, J- in case anybody is confused about what the rules of this game might be. Okay, <laughs> right. Jake, the rules are, we're going to give you a quote, and you're going to tell us, <laughs> whether it's a quote from Dan Duquette or from Donald Rumsfeld. right?
4: Wait, wait, I'm writing this down. Hang on.
2: <laughs> it is a
4: fairly high concept game.
2: Do you want us to run by who Dan Duquette and Donald Rumsfeld are again? <laughs> Much like
1: chess.
4: I've written down mastermind and this or that. I think I'm good.
1: <laughs> okay, great. So this first quote, is this Donald Rumsfeld about weapons of mass destruction, or is this Dan Duquette on signing a competent designated hitter? There's another way to phrase that, and that is that the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. It is basically saying the same thing in a different way. Simply because you do not have evidence that something does exist does not mean that you have evidence that it doesn't exist.
4: Okay. It's important for my continuing like of Dan Duquette for that to have been a Rumsfeld quote. All right. <laughs> one for oh, one. Oh, I've missed the, the Baltimore on spell.
1: Yes, you know,
2: uh, I did not know where it was until literally 30 seconds ago when I got up to find it and found it concealed neath a pile of dirty shirts.
4: <laughs>
2: so that was a dirty ring.
4: <laughs> Be sure to put it back in its natural environment when you're done. Yes. Yes. Yep.
2: All right, second quote. Was this... Dan Duquette, or Donald Rumsfeld. We have a systematic way to approach it. It's really a fact of life now. But as far as doing our due diligence, we do our due diligence on all the players.
4: I'm going to go with Dan Duquette.
2: All right.
4: (laughs) You know, you you could have left off players.
2: Make that a little more difficult. That, you know, that was my plan, and then I realized it would have ended with, we do our due diligence on all the... Ellipsis. (laughs) <laughs> Ellipsis. <laughs> but still, uh, I would just like to state, that's Dan Duquette on whether he takes PED suspensions into consideration. <laughs> oh, god! The correct answer to whether or not <laughs> he takes PED suspensions consideration uh, suspensions into consideration should have been yes and we're not going to sign anyone who's been suspended <laughs> for PED use but instead he said we have a systematic way to approach it it's really a fact of life now but as far as doing our due diligence we do our due diligence on all the players which as near as i can tell means does nelson cruz have a needle sticking out of his arm <laughs> yeah. right now no quick sign him great great
4: <laughs> I- I think he's hoping that the person he's speaking to will be asleep by the time he finishes what he's saying. (laughs) Not a bad guess
1: most of the time. That's our hope with this podcast, actually. And that's actually, I think, (laughs) the theory that Donald Rumsfeld operated on for about five years. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, another quote for you here. Is this Donald Rumsfeld talking about Colin, uh, Colin Powell, or is this Peter Angelos talking about Dan Duquette? Blank and I agree on every single issue that has ever been before this administration, except for those instances where blank is wrong and still learning.
4: <laughs> um, That's a hard one. It's just difficult because it's two men that I have such great respect for. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Rumsfeld.
1: Three for three for Mr. English. Jake English, three for
2: three in our quiz. Um, it's, it's so sad. It, it's so sad. I mean, it would have been sad no matter who it was. Uh, but it's so sad that the Secretary of... Was he Secretary of State or Secretary of Defense? Secretary of State. Secretary of State. It's so sad that the Secretary of State... I'm sorry, Secretary say, of
1: Defense. I'm uh, incorrect. Secretary of Defense.
2: If The Secretary of Defense had to say of the president, well, he, he's still learning. <laughs> it, we're, we're still... All right. Uh, Your next quote, are you ready?
4: As I'll ever be.
2: (laughs) Your next quote goes like this. I don't know. I don't have an idea. But I can tell why we have that philosophy.
4: (laughs) Okay, this is becoming more and more difficult.
5: (laughs) Intelligently designed, you might say.
4: No, I wouldn't. Um, I'm going to go with Rumsfeld.
5: Ah, Oh, I'm
2: so sorry. I'm so sorry, Jake English. You are incorrect. That is Dan Duquette uh, explaining to Steve Malusky his organizational philosophy,
1: R.E. the cut fastball. (laughs) Oh, boy. Which he's now cutting out of
4: the repertoire.
1: As it were. (laughs)
2: Um, oh boy! It's an
4: endangered species.
2: Yeah, and and just to run by you uh, this this ironclad explanation of why he feels that the Orioles minor leaguers should not throw the cut fastball. Once again, it goes like this: I don't know, I don't have an idea, but I can tell that we have that philosophy. So so, just in case you were ever <laughs> wondering if 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 there was any equivocation at the top of the chain. Uh, it's good to know that there's somebody up there who's like, you want an explanation? I'll give you an explanation. It'll have words and everything. Yeah. <laughs> it won't make any sense, but it'll have words. Okay. Right.
1: You're still doing very well, Jake. Three for four. Um, now, is is this um, Donald Rumsfeld talking about what we knew when we headed into the Iraq War, or is this Dan Duquette talking about any potential free agent signing at this particular um Winter hot stove event.
4: Well, in either case, it'll be a short quote.
1: (laughs) You'd be surprised. (laughs) Reports that say something hasn't happened are always interesting to me, because as we know, there are known knowns. There are things we know we know. We also know that there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know there are some things we do not know. But there are also unknown unknowns. The ones we don't know, we don't know.
4: You're making this up. Oh no!
1: Sadly, that is a very real quote.
4: I don't know. Would you say much like Donald
2: Rumsfeld? Would you that say quote. you know you don't know, or you don't know if you know?
4: This is becoming Inception. Um, <laughs> yep, yep. That that was in
1: fact um, the Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld. Uh, explaining. <laughs> Alan got that one right. <laughs> <laughs> explaining about the different types of unknowing that the U.S. government had embarked on as they headed into Iraq. <laughs> uh, all right, Jake. Well, well you have, uh, you're now at,
2: at three for five and in danger of finishing with a 500 record, much like the 2014 Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> um, but You boomed you have... me, sir. You
4: me.
2: <laughs> but here, here comes your last quote, uh, and uh, let's see how you do. It goes like this. He wears Dockers with Under Armour shoes and a blazer with a tie. And that is not acceptable. It's just not acceptable. His haircut just sits off to the side with no blend, (laughs) by the way. No fade in the hair. What? (laughs) I'll run it by you one more time. Please do. He wears Dockers with Under Armour shoes and a blazer with a tie. And that is not acceptable. It's just not acceptable. And his haircut just sits off to the side, with no blend, by the way. No fade in the hair.
4: Um, before I answer, which is, which is the unacceptable part? Is it the shoes? It's hard to say. Is it the tie with the blazer? I think it's the tie with the blazer. Although okay. I, I kind of like the tie with the blazer look myself. but um, Just because he is clearly a fashion icon. I'm going to have to go with Dan Duquette.
5: <laughs> All
2: right. I'm going to ding you on that, but in fact, that is a trick question. <laughs> that is Adam Jones describing Dan Duquette <laughs> to Kevin Millar on the MLB network in 2012. <laughs> but Adam gonna... Jones, surprising critiques there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to give you a ding because uh, you clearly, you could sense the Dan duquette of the the deeply awkward figure that was being conjured by the language.
4: Whatever the reason, I'll take your pity any day of the week.
2: (laughs) No pity necessary.
1: You went four for six um, uh, on our quiz, which is... You keep that up for a full season. That's uh, that's Hall of Fame numbers right there, Jake. Yep. Yep.
4: I think it's pretty clear in the Rumsfeld slash Duquette arena, I'm a Hall of Fame. (laughs) I think that that's fair. Do I win anything?
1: Uh, Our our everlasting esteem.
4: (laughs) Great.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Jake English from the Bird's Eye View podcast. Be sure to check them out. Part of the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Jake, thank you very much for joining us. It's time once again for our favorite new segment, The Seventh Inning Sketch. Today, we've got a good one for you. What? Oh, uh,
1: I guess I better take this. Hello? Sam! Alan! Hello?
0: Charlie? Is that, is that Charlie Hoppus? Uh, what's, what's going on, man? Oh, thank God it's you guys. I need your help. Okay. Uh, hold on. Wait
2: a minute. Before we help you, tell us again what's going on with Oriole Spastics. Are you guys ever
0: going to record again? If we can get out of here, he's watching our every move. Whoa, whoa, what? Who's watching you? Dan Duquette. He's got all three of us working around the clock doing this crazy stuff. No way.
1: That does not make any sense. We've had Dan Duquette on this show many times, and he is he's never seemed dangerous. Goofy, maybe, and a little unbalanced.
0: Well, whatever's going on with he and ownership involving the payroll really sent him over the edge. He's holding us against our will. <laughs>
1: Let's not add that to the charges.
0: Alan, this is no time for Arrested Development references. <laughs> Although, actually, he he is hiding Dean in the attic now that you mention it. Him? Whoa,
2: let's back up here.
0: What does Dan Duquette want
2: with the Orioles spastics? What is he having you guys do?
0: Well, we all know that Duquette's always had a certain lust for players off the scrap heap. Well,
2: sure, he likes to cast a wide net, lots of freddie garcias and nate mccloud shaped fish in the sea i suppose
0: well he's gone completely overboard he's forcing dean chris and i to research and scout these total retreads around the clock we tried to send out an emergency sos podcast but uh podbean took forever uploading it and he came back before it was posted oh
1: that's tough you guys are still on podbean huh yeah it sucks it really does (laughs)
2: while I'm enjoying all of this nautical-themed wordplay, (laughs) SOS was a stretch. Save our spastics? Ah. Yeah. Come on. Oh. Well, this may seem like the last question you want to hear in this time of crisis, but since we've got you on the phone and all, who is Mr. Duquette looking at for the roster this time?
0: Well, Dean's been locked in that attic for about two weeks now. Last I heard... Duquette had him researching the whereabouts and availability of every first round pick the Cubs have signed since 2002. Oof. I overheard him saying, yeah, I overheard him saying that we're closing in on signing Ryan Harvey. Who? He was the 2003 Cubs first rounder. He went 6 overall, so Duquette thinks he has upside. He had 29 home runs for the Lancaster Barnstormers last year, so maybe he's in the mix for the Orioles left field spot.
2: Oh dear god. It's-
0: Interestingly, did you guys know that Ryan Flaherty was a supplemental first-rounder in 2008? 41st pick overall. Whole draft.
1: This is is a disturbing
0: trend here. (laughs) Not as disturbing as what Dan Duquette is having Chris do. He's making him follow around Brandon Webb in case he changes his mind about retirement. Oh, Jesus.
1: I'm legitimately scared for you guys. And I guess also for the Orioles'
0: entire rotation next year. Wait, Charlie, what's he having you do? Uh, I'm actually... Not too far from you guys, I don't think. I'm being forced to scout the Long Island Ducks. I actually know them. They're in an independent league, right? Yeah, well, they have a few players that have piqued Dan Duquette's interest. Do we even want to ask? Uh, it's, it's actually worse than you think. Lou Ford, Bill Hall, Dontre Willis Oof. are on the Ducks. Duquette is looking at them for left field, third base, and closer, Respectively, keeps muttering about market inefficiencies. Guys, I'm really terrified here. Okay.
1: That makes sense. That sounds bad. Hang in there. We're going to get you out.
0: doesn't end there, though. I'm supposed to kick the tires on Ian Snell, Josh Barfield, and Roman Castro as organizational depth. He really says all these things, too. Organizational depth and kick the tires and low-risk, high reward. <sighs> and here I thought he might take
2: a flyer on Jason Kubel or something. Was Francisco Paguero a gem you
0: all unearthed, by the way? Uh, yeah. Chris found him. Duquette let us eat that day. You guys gotta help me. I think he'll be back any minute.
1: He hasn't said anything about Mark Ellis yet, has he? You know, I actually... I actually wouldn't mind someone like that. Hold down second base until scope is ready or until we can trade for someone with real talent. Juan Uribe would be a better
2: fit. He could play third until Manny comes back and then shift over to second. I can actually see that. That makes sense.
0: Guys, guys, he's coming. Charlie! Are you in there? Please, you got to do something.
1: Okay. Um. Uh. Where are you? We can. We can. We can phone the police. We can send help.
3: Who are you talking to? We said no phones unless it's the Corky Miller's agent. I still
0: haven't settled on a backup uh, catcher. Yeah, that's who I'm talking to. I have no idea where I am. It's just this room with a TV and an infinite number of game takes for Ben Broussard. He was on the Ducks this year. I know, right? I didn't think he was playing anymore.
3: There you are. Great news! My waiver wire alarm tells me that Brett Tomko has been throwing down in the Dominican Republic. They say he's up to 92 miles per hour on his heater. I'm sending you down there on the first plane out of here. Alan, Sam, do something! Oh, are you still on the line? Well, Mr. Corky Miller, Charlie is going to have to call you back, but I assure you that he would love to have you come out to spring training. Gotta go! Got it!
1: Hello? Charlie? Dan? Is any is anyone there? Oh my God! He hung up. Wow. Wow. Well, I, I guess it I guess it makes sense now that the Oriole Spastics haven't recorded an episode in a while. Although now that I think about it, their Twitter account has been surprisingly active for a bunch of abducted guys. At least they're resourceful. Do Do we know that about them?
2: Hmm. No. No. Not really. <sighs> Who knew Dan Duquette could take a turn like that?
1: Well. You know, to be honest with you, I don't think it's that much of a reach. Fair enough.
2: Well, I, for one, hope that Charlie and the rest of the Orioles Spastics escape soon and get back to doing what they do best, making those sweet, sweet podcasts. You can listen to some Vintage Spastics episodes on com, or, of course, over on BaltimoreSportsReport.com slash network, and you should absolutely follow them on Twitter. Where they are at Orioles Spastics.
1: You know, what you should really do is check out that awesome video on their Facebook that they put together to say farewell to um, Nate McClough. One of the few Duquette reclamation projects that actually paid off. But he's gone now. So is Charlie. And so is Charlie. We hope that we we hear from them again at some point. Um, Good luck, guys. You're listening to Baltimore On, the
2: home of the all-weather fan. This is Alan Smith. And this is Sam Dingman. And, woof, Alan, you know, that call from Charlie has got me really concerned. Woof, Not about the Orioles' spastics. Yeah, they'll be, they're, they're tough guys. They'll, they'll figure it out. They'll be fine. I'm worried about Dan Duquette. I'm worried about the Orioles. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, we've been sitting here tonight trying to figure out what is going through Dan Duquette's head. We've parsed it six ways to Sunday. And we forgot that he emailed us a recording of a song that he wrote. That's true. We even teased it at the top of the show and then what, forgot about it. <laughs> what,
5: what, what,
2: what, what, ah. What, anyway, we forgot what, about this what, recording that what, Dan sent what, us in which what, he actually what, sets what, forth his approach oh, to great. to the offseason great um, and so you know maybe instead of sitting in judgment here
1: we should let him speak in his own words let's give it a listen um, with apologies to uh,
5: Macklemore I'm gonna pack my bags only got twenty dollars in my pocket I, am in the meetings of the winter. This is so depressing.
3: Walk into the hotel like, what up? Who wants to play for us? I'm on the hunt for some players from the thrift shop. Cord Phelps, Brandon Inge, trying to impress James Loney. People like, damn, that
5: dude looks lonely.
3: Andrew Friedman telling me that he won't be selling me. David Price when all I'm offering is Ryan Flaherty alone in the corner. Nursing a coffee. Here comes Shinsu Chu. I'm gonna offer him a kiss. Whoops, here comes security, Pushing, and shove an elbow in, trying to get an offer in, hollering, can't even get Mark Ellis's attention, traded my closer for a reclamation second baseman, now my all-star center fielder's angry with the situation, I gotta do it Billy Bean style. Does anyone know if Billy Bean's around? No, for real, ask Billy Bean. Can I have his hand-me-downs? You might've heard I'm in on Chad Godin. You might've heard I'm in on Bart Pallone. P.E.D. suspension, don't even Warren mention. Hollering. I can't even get Rajai Davis's attention. Hello, hello. My ace man Saunders. Joe Saunders won't call me back. Who knows where the bar is? I could build a pitcher out of soap and make him throw. The pitching coach would be like, well, he does have elbows. I'm gonna
5: pack my bags. Only got $20 in my pocket. I, I, I'm I, in the meetings of the winter. This is so depressing. I'm gonna pack my bags. Only got $20 in my pocket. I, I I'm in the meanings of the winter. This is so depressing. What you know about rocking a DH
3: platoon? Might be time to bring Jake Fox back soon. I'm digging, I'm digging, I'm searching through that shitter. One man's trash, that's another man's leadoff hitter. Thank you, Brian Cashman, for overpaying Ellsbury. No, no, don't be silly. I'm not filled with Hell's Fury. I'm not mad that no player can be had for less than $20 million in a cashmere bag. Your druggies, your washouts, your quads, your worst scouts. I'll take your rag and bones and I will pay those motherfuckers. Steve Pierce sat in fifth up in this motherfucker. Rymold's bionic neck in this motherfucker. They'd be like, yo, Cano is hella tight I'd be like, yo, that's $240 million for a second baseman Limited lifespan, let's run a quick scan. $240 million, that's a first-rate scam Damn. I call Ed getting swindled and pimped I call Ed getting tricked by a business Cano's hella dope You think I'm gonna gamble the future on him, no? Hell no Peep game, take a look through my danoscope Try to buy wins on a scam and you hella won't You hella won't Man, you hella won't!
5: Where is the bar? Uh. I'm gonna pack my bags. Only got $20 in my pocket. I'm in the meetings of the winter. This is so depressing. I got no left fielder. No number one starter. I'm in this big hotel. No one's calling. What the hell? I got no left fielder no number one starter i'm in this big hotel no one's calling what What the hell hell? i'm gonna pack my bags only got twenty dollars in my pocket i i i'm in the meetings of the winter this is so depressing
1: (laughs) is that your number one starter (laughs)
2: Alright, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, I for one am not comforted at all.
4: <laughs> I was uncomfortable
2: when I saw an email from Dan Duquette in my inbox saying I wrote a song. I'm uncomfortable with the song. I'm uncomfortable with what he's doing to our friend the Oriel Spastics. I'm I I'm I'm just I would just say this episode made me uncomfortable. Which is not how I wanted to feel on the We Didn't Sign Brian McCanniversary. You know? Frankly, Alan, I was I was hoping that you were going to take me out to a nice dinner. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe we'd get cheesecake afterwards because it's special. But right. instead... Here we are. Here we are. At the end. At the end. Of the episode. Which featured, among other things, <laughs> the writing of Charlie Hoppus. Thank you very much, Charlie. The voice stylings of Jay English. Thank you very much, Jake. And the, uh, again... Excellent, excellent songwriting capabilities of Dan Duquette in partnership <laughs> with Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all very much for your emails and tweets that have been coming in. We really appreciate it. Please
1: do keep them coming.
2: Thank you very much uh, for your iTunes reviews. We really appreciate those. You can find our website at bemorons.com. That'll tell you how to get in touch with us. And you can find the credits for the music on the show right here and now (laughs) at the beginning of the show you heard the baltimore on theme song by marshall york in between segments you heard and you know i realized i've been doing this wrong uh obviously you heard the song birdland by weather report you also every week hear a little clip from working for another song by the band town hall oh really that's what i usually play after your intro alan Oh, my God. And I have not said that at any point. Town Hall broke up recently, so I kind of figured, like, hey, guys, you know, I'm really doing you a favor.
1: <laughs> oh, God. By keeping your legacy alive. So that's 74 episodes without mentioning them by name, huh? Yeah, uh, w- yeah and that's not even
2: counting the bonus ones right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, actually, Great. increasingly lately, I've been using a little clip from Sample in a Jar by Fish. Oh, yeah. From the album Hoist. Yeah. Usually right song. before uh, this, this bit right here. And then, of course, on the outro, uh, playing behind our, our lovely voices right now, is the song Kicking My Heart Around by the Black Crows.
1: Thank you so much for uh, listening and putting up with the tomfoolery of this week. Um, here's to a more successful day two of the Winter Meetings.
2: Yes, and uh, it, there's going to be more tomfoolery next week. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Goodbye.